Thank you for listening to Remodeling Mastery by Mark G. Richardson, produced by Sharefire Local. Over 50,000 people have listened to Mark's podcast series specifically for home improvement businesses. You can subscribe to this podcast on any mobile phone using iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Mark Richardson, and welcome to Remodeling Mastery. Remodeling Mastery is a podcast series that's designed to help you take your business to the next level. What I try to do is take different topics that I think are especially relevant, thought-provoking opportunities for you to really focus on the business, not just in the trenches in the business. Additionally, I brought on thought leaders and folks that are really able to give you, I think, some insights about the remodeling business that, you know, whether it's looking where you want to get to or how do you address some day-to-day issues that you're grappling with uh, should be able to help you. Uh, This podcast series is supported by Professional Remodeler, a leading publication in the remodeling industry, as well as NARI, the National Association of the Modeling Industry, and it is produced by my friends at Surefire Local leading digital marketing group. So let me dive into today's kind of theme and topic that I want to be talking about. And, you know, I've kind of reflected quite a bit on this, and I oftentimes just in normal pleasantries will ask, you know, either a remodeler or someone in the remodeling industry, you know, how you're doing? How's the business doing? Uh, Fairly normal kind of icebreaker question. And What's interesting is that I oftentimes get a lot of different answers. I get answers that with the real optimistic type of person or very positive person, you know, all is good. Life is great. Oh, we are very blessed to be able to accomplish what we're accomplished. Not in a very descriptive in terms of really how they're doing, but, you know, at least it is a pleasant kind of gesture or way to begin the conversation. The next, I think, group, which is the other extreme of that, is tends to be the woe is me, the kind of Eeyore type personality. I know one friend of mine oftentimes asks how he's doing, and his response is almost the same, and that is that he's hanging in there. And that hanging in there immediately kind of pulls you down. It feels like a cloudy day that you're hanging in there. Uh, again, is he really hanging there? Is there really something that's really different? You know, and then you have, I think, the more analytical person that might say, you know, uh, on a zero to 10, I'd give myself a good solid 6.5. And then it's to go on and explain what that means. And I think it's certainly meaningful. The bigger question, I think, as I broach it in this podcast is, you know, how are you really able to articulate how you're doing? You know, I think that there are some certain factors, both internal and external factors, that I think you need to take into consideration. So the following really are just a few thoughts, a few thoughts in terms of how you can kind of look at that question and run it through the filter in terms of how you're doing. So the first I would say is you've got to kind of understand your numbers, you know, how you might be feeling that particular day uh, versus another day is really uh, a, a very much of an emotional thing. It's something that, you know, you could have had some positive feedback from a client or you could have seen some good results. But at the end of the day, I think one of the elements that you should be looking at in terms of how you're doing is 
your numbers. You know, your numbers just don't lie. And I know, in as I advise and work with different business leaders, you know, I'd look at some key kind of indicators, and I want these indicators to be top of mind, very much like a dashboard in a car. You know, we all have a dashboard in a car, and we all know there's three key kind of indicators that we tend to watch, and we watch these things at different periods of time. You know, the speedometer, we might glance down every minute or two. The fuel gauge, we might look at, you know, every hour. And the temperature gauge, you know, maybe once or twice during the course of a little trip or something. But those are key indicators, and we know that they're there, and we always kind of are paying attention to it. They're not necessarily something that we have to think about. We just automatically know it. So when it comes to knowing how are you doing, I think the same thing holds true in in the business. You know, I think it starts with your leaf flow. How is the leaf flow? And it's always good to have a plan. This is the number of leads or number of appointments or number of opportunities I have out there uh, in terms of what I forecasted I needed and versus what I'm actually getting. The second is obviously if I get an opportunity, how am I doing in terms of closing those opportunities? Now you can drill into, I think, a lot more detail. You can look at close rate. You can look at average ticket. But at the end of the day, it's those sales that are going to generate, I think, the revenues that you're going to need. The next is what am I producing? Producing in terms of revenue flowing through has to do with kind of moving stuff through the factory. How am I doing in terms of those key? You know, how am I doing in terms of my overhead? Now, at the end of the day, the profit is really just a product of those things. It's a sum of those parts. And at, if you look at uh, the, the, the key numbers and the parts and pieces in your business like that, I think you are uh, more equipped to be able to kind of accurately say, how am I doing? The second thing that I think is kind of a category of how am I doing is the team. And I think, you know, you've heard kind of the adage before, you know, uh, culture eats strategy for lunch. Well, culture is all about the, the team. It's all about, I think, the dynamic. You know, is the team kind of a gung-ho type of team? Is it a woe is me type of team? Is it a lot of negative? Do you see a lot of turnover with the team? Uh, does the team have a lot of synergies and discussion and kind of buzz about new ideas, or they just look at it as a job? You know, so I think the next area of how am I doing, you know, is is very much the 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 kind of the team dynamic. Third, I think, is that the environment. Now, the environment out there does shift, just like the weather shifts, and I oftentimes either talk about or I. I certainly do podcasts and write about, you know, headwinds and tailwinds in the remodeling industry. And they're always one or the other, or maybe the air is very still. However, it is something that you need to be aware of. Now, oftentimes, for example, I get out and, and I cycle. And when I'm cycling, one of the things I try to be sensitive to when I get out on a long ride is, is there a headwind or is there a tailwind? Because if there's a tailwind, I know that that first leg of the journey going out versus coming back home is going to be generally much, much easier. So I want to be cognizant of the fact that it's really the tailwind that makes it easy, not necessarily that particular day, that I'm better or stronger. Again, this very much is applicable and relevant to your business. 
you know, what are some of those tailwinds that are out there? Well, if in fact, for example, the stock market is doing very well, interest rates, home appreciation, there's just a lot of consumer confidence, you might have a, a, a very significant tailwind that's out there that it's not a question of whether you're good that you're having success. It, more, it, be, it may be more of a question of the tailwind. The same is true on the opposite direction. You might have a very good company. Everything might be just fine. However, there, had, there tends to be a little bit of a tailwind. So you have to be working. I'm sorry, a headwind. So you have to be working a little bit harder to really kind of get through it. And the reality is, is once you get through it, and turn around and make that journey back home, so to speak, you're going to end up having a tailwind and it's going to be much easier. So you've got to build in, I think, that question for yourself in terms of how am I doing? Is it a tailwind out there today or is it a headwind? The next level that I oftentimes look at in how you're doing is kind of levels of stress within the business. And there's a lot of ways to look at stress within the business. I'm a big believer that you want the best level of stress, not high stress or low stress in a business. It's kind of like if you think about stress in a business like a rubber band. A limp rubber band or no stress at all doesn't do anybody any good. A rubber band that's stretched too far is going to snap and break and it's not going to do you any good. So you've got to find that right level of stress within the business. So if you're feeling the level of stress within your business, is in fact at a very, very good place, then chances are the question, how am I doing, is a very positive answer. On the other hand, you may be hitting all the cylinders and all the numbers, but the stress levels is, are very high, and as a result of that, you, you're running the risk. You're running the risk of that rubber band snapping and potentially really things you know, kind of falling apart. The number five, I think, kind of category or filter or theme that I, I want to touch on of this question of how you're doing is the whole issue of the future. How well positioned are you for the future? You know, I'm a big believer, and I talk about it in the How Fit book, is that one of the key elements for a fit business is positioning yourself for the future, not just for the present. Now, as remodelers, we tend to be busier than ever, and therefore we have very little time we're focusing on the future. But as you think about, for example, uh, 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 where you are in terms of this future kind of formula out there, you know, are you investing, for example, in the technologies? Are you investing in the team? Are you tweaking and adjusting the product and service? Are you putting your ear to the ground when it comes to the client and what the client is looking for out there? Do you have the latest kind of greatest knowledge of what the future is going to look like in terms of potentially some, you know, cloudy skies or potentially slowdown in the future? I think the more that you are cognizant, not obsessed by the future, but cognizant that the future is there and you want, I think, if you want to be doing well, you want to make sure that next year is as good, if not better than this year. And I think the best way to do that is to be spending some percentage of your time and energy focusing and positioning on the future. So the next time I think you're asked the simple, simple question, how am I doing? You can certainly treat it as a just an icebreaker and you can respond in a very pleasant way, or you can have a little bit of thoughtful, meaningful kind of response 
that's really based on, I think, some some real facts and figures and insights and certainly a dynamic of your team and certainly the environment. So again, I want to thank you for listening to this opening. Uh, coming up, we have one of our uh, thought leaders, one of our industry insights, uh, conversations and interview that I look forward to continuing the conversation with you shortly. Take care, everyone. I want to thank everybody for listening to Remodeling Mastery. But just as much, I want to thank those that support this particular series. Now, first and foremost, I want to encourage you not just to listen, but to subscribe. And for those people that subscribe to this podcast or actually reach out to my producers, Surefire, a leading digital marketing organization, you'll actually receive a copy of one of my books that will help you take your business to the next level. This podcast series is actually supported by Professional Remodeler. Professional Remodeler is committed to help you understand and crack the code on your business. So I encourage you to try to spend the time reading the magazine and reach out to them and be a little bit more of a voice in the industry. I also encourage you to get involved, get engaged. The National Association of Remodeling Industry, NERI, is a wonderful organization that I've been involved with with most of my career and actually had so many opportunities as a result of that. And lastly, certainly, reach out to my friends at Surefire Local that will be able to help you with your business. Welcome back to Remodeling Mastery. And in this segment, uh, I've got a very special guest, Kermit Baker, who heads up the Remodeling Futures Program at Harvard University, as well as he is the chief economist for the American Institute of Architects and certainly a regular sage for Remodeling Mastery in terms of giving some of the uh, insights. And while Kermit, uh, I don't think, has a crystal ball or he's a psychic, he does study, I think, uh, fairly carefully a lot of the different trends and a lot of the different key metrics that are out there that help to help us understand and predict the future a little bit better. So welcome, Kermit. And, uh, uh, well, we made it through at least the first half of the year. We, we did indeed, Mark. And, and I guess I've never shown you my crystal ball, but it's really sitting right on my desk here, Mark. So I do have some insight Excellent. as to what's going on. Excellent. Well, next time we'll do a uh, video conference rather than just a podcast and Maybe we'll see it in action and uh, everybody can see what you're really looking at as opposed to kind of grinding through the numbers. So to dive into our kind of topic today, uh, there are really three things I was hoping that we accomplish. One is to, now that we're halfway through the year, it's kind of halftime like in a football game, uh, and we're looking back at the first half, I'm, I'm kind of interested, number one, in what your insights Secondly, now let's look to the second half. What are some of the some of the changes in the game plan or some of the different things that maybe are a little different than we thought at the beginning of the year? And then lastly, I want to spend a couple of minutes really looking much more much longer term. While it's great to look at this as a you know, as a snapshot of two thousand nineteen, I think most of our listeners are, you know, looking at a movie. I'm looking at a movie of multiple years. So I think hopefully we can spend a little time talking about, you know, 2020 and beyond. So let me kind of just kind of open it up to you talking about the first half of 2019. 
Sure. And, you know, the, the, the first half of the year, Mark, I think was uh, really a continuation of what this industry has seen for really the last seven or eight years now. You know, good solid growth, good solid sort of uh, mid to upper level single digit growth uh, in terms of the overall industry. You know, I think if you talk to a remodeling contractor and ask them how things were and what their issues were, um, you know, number one on their list would probably be a, you know, a labor shortage, ongoing labor shortage to find good workers. Uh, number two would probably be, um, you know, volatility materials prices that makes it difficult to bid a job and makes it difficult to know what you're going to be paying for things. Now, I would, I would classify those as kind of good problems. Certainly, they do create... Uh, uh, you know, issues for remodelers, but it's it, it's uh, indications that um, you know basically their workload is is uh, very heavy, and they're seeing good solid demand out there, um, and and those are those are better problems to have than um, you know kind of a shortage of jobs or or, or no, no pricing power or anything else that that we see during weaker times. Now, Kermit, are there certain areas of the country that are experiencing uh, a little bit more kind of robust continuation of 2018 and 19 into 19, or is it pretty much, you know, most if not all of the 25 top markets in the country? Well, there is. I mean, I, I think it's fair to say that really most of the major markets are doing well, but, but we're starting to see them, you know, I think break up into two groups. Uh, you know, one group is, is, is markets that are still kind of recovering from the downturn, and those, those tend to be more uh, middle America uh, and Sunbelt markets uh, still seeing good, good heavy growth. Um, the, the flip side are kind of the coastal uh, areas, um, you know, uh, Pacific coastal markets as well as uh, northeast markets that have been extremely strong um, during, during this expansion. We've seen good solid increase in house prices, good solid demand for remodeling activity. And, and some of them are beginning to peak. Some of them are just getting some, you know, I think some uh, market pushback in terms of house prices and, uh, you know, prices for remodeling projects. And we're starting to see that slow a little bit as a result of that. Look, looks like some of those are beginning to peak and may start to see somewhat slower growth moving forward. So also related to kind of the geography is also the project type and blend and scale. Uh, have, have you at least seen or are you feeling that that is pretty much, you know, kind of business as usual, or are we starting to see it flex and change a bit? We, you know, in those markets, uh, Mark, where we're starting to see maybe a cresting, uh, peaking, and, and, and potentially slower growth moving forward, we generally see that first at, um, you know, upper end, what, what we call discretionary projects, upper end kitchen and bath remodels, bath additions, uh, room additions, and things like that. The, um, the replacement market stays very stable uh, throughout the cycle. By the replacement market, I mean exterior replacements, roofing, siding, windows, as well as sort of systems upgrades, HVAC, plumbing, electrical, and things like that. So, uh, you know, I, I think the first, uh, the first sector that's likely to demonstrate some weakness is an upper-end project. Those projects may be scaled back a little bit. You know, that 
$100,000 kitchen remodel may become a $70,000, $75,000 kitchen remodel, and some of the room additions may, you know, may be put on hold if, 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 if homeowners are a little bit nervous about you know, what the economy holds moving forward. Excellent. So moving to kind of part B of our discussion and taking our eye off the rear view for a minute, kind of what we've just passed and looking a little bit, not necessarily at the horizon, but at least, you know, looking forward over the next six months or so, what are you feeling? What are you seeing? What are the tea leaves kind of at least showing you? Well, we are we are seeing, I think, very clearly, uh, Mark, a slowdown in the uh, broader residential markets. Uh, let me let me give you a few examples. Um, we're, we're seeing housing starts, home building activity uh, begin to slow down nationally, and and that's been slowing down for almost a year now. Uh, that's usually a pretty good indicator of where remodeling is going. We're seeing sales of existing homes. Um, uh, slowing, and that's been slowing for over a year now, too. That that drives a lot of home improvement activity, kind of getting that home ready for sale, number one, and number two, when the new owner buys it and moves in, they often undertake some customization work uh, also. Um, a, a, a third uh, industry driver are house prices. Certainly the run-up in house prices has created a good, strong remodeling market. We're starting to see house price inflation uh, begin to slow. That really just happened um, uh, the first quarter of the, of this year, so um, that's a fairly recent uh, development. And then, you know, the, another indicator we look at is is um, retail sales at building material and supply stores. These are these are uh, uh, sales from either uh, the big boxes, Home, Home Depot and Lowe's, or the independent lumber yard. And that also has been slowing. It's still reasonably healthy, three four percent growth, but it's down from six eight percent growth that it that it has been um, in, in prior years. So I think all those are suggesting that the second half of the year is probably going to uh, see the beginning of a slowdown in home improvement activity. I, I don't think it's going to be a serious one at all. We're, we're projecting about five percent growth overall in terms of. Uh, Spending on home improvement projects. This is from our leading indicator for remodeling activity, our Lira, um, and, and that's not a bad number. That's about the the average we've seen in, in terms of growth in this industry over the last 20 or 30 years. But it's going to feel a little weaker because the industry grew about seven and a half percent last uh, last year, uh, grew over six percent in 2017. So this five percent growth, I think, is going to feel like the wind is starting to come out of our sa- uh, the sails a, a little bit. I think we will, you know, some of the problems we talked about initially, labor shortages, materials pricing, we're, we're likely to see that begin to stabilize a little bit as, as demand falls back. But just kind of a general sense that maybe the market is slowing and, uh, uh, you know, things are, are going to be a, a bit calmer as we, as we move into the second half of the year. Excellent. So, you know, it, it, it's not a – bad report of what the second half however it it's not it's not going to necessarily be easier and i think your your imagery of the wind kind of coming out of the sails i think is is a good one and 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 i would argue for many remodeling companies you know it might even feel a little bit like a headwind and therefore you might need to you know work a little bit harder shore things up a little bit to see kind of the, the, the same results. But, 
It sounds like, though, that, you know, that there, there's no major storm cloud that will say, you know, it's going to drop off the cliff like 2008, right? Well, I think that's exactly right. I, you know, I think uh, most contractors are going to, you know, in the year, kind of look over their books in maybe January of 2020 and say, hey, we had a pretty good year in 2019. It was kind of manageable workloads. We kept busy. We had high billing rates, and good solid profitability. So, uh, you know, it, it's always it's always makes folks nervous when things begin to slow a little bit. But I think we're in a range now where, uh, you know, firms can continue to be really very successful given the economic environment that, that we're likely to be in. Excellent. So now the third part, and that is let's let's really kind of, you know, look out towards the horizon. And, you know, when we think in terms of, you know, 2020, 2021, you know, are there any kind of particular trends or particular uh, threats or concerns or opportunities? I know that's a mouthful of all those different perspectives, but what what is what is your thought and feeling about uh, you know projecting out 2020 and beyond? You know, I think this the slowdown that we talked about that most remodelers are going to see in the second half of of, of this year is is likely to continue into 2020, uh, potentially into 2021. I mean, I think more and more of your listeners, Mark, are. You know, hearing uh, the the recession uh, uh, term batted around, and and there's likely to be a, a a mild economic recession, national economic recession, sometime over that period, sometime over the late 2020, early 2021 period. Um, I I don't think you know remodeling is certainly not immune to that, but I don't think it'll be a a serious downturn uh, in, in terms of the home improvement market um, uh, over that time, mostly because we didn't get overextended going into this. Uh, we didn't have a 2005, six or seven um, kind of you know just kind of crazy period here where where things were out of hand. Everything's been pretty well uh, uh, pretty well managed during this period. And, and, and we continue to have very, very low levels of, of home building, and I think that always creates a good opportunities for remodeling. If you if you can't buy a new home, you're gonna you're gonna be fixing up your current home, and so I think that's going to be a nice cushion for the market as we go through these 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 slower times. So I think you know just somewhat in, in conclusion, and I want to thank our guest Kermit Baker, who again heads up the Remodeling Futures Program at Harvard University, as well as he's the chief economist for the American Institute of Architects, is that, you know, it's a little bit of headwind maybe moving forward. Maybe that continues to be the case in 2020 and 2021. However, unlike, I think, those kind of dropping off the cliff that we experienced in you know, 2008 in many of the areas of the country, I think that certainly is going to be very different. So again, I want to thank uh, not only my guest today, Kermit, but also my uh, my supporters of this podcast series, Professional Remodeler, as well as NARI, the National Association of the Modeling Industry, and certainly my friends that produce this particular episode and the podcast series, uh, Surefire Local. Uh, a digital marketing organization for certainly their help in this. So uh, thank you again, Kermit, for joining me today. 
and uh, uh, let, let, let's hope that uh, the balance of 2019 is uh, even better than what we predicted. Good. Great to be with you, Mark. Thank you. If you liked what you've heard, take a moment to subscribe to Remodeling Mastery on your phone using your favorite podcast app. It's available on all the major apps like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Go ahead and post in the comments what you learned and any questions you have for Mark, and he may answer them on an upcoming episode. Thank you again for listening to Remodeling Mastery by Mark G. Richardson.